Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hi, I'm Derek O'Reilly, and for over 30 years, I've been a licensed London taxi driver. For 20 years, I taught the knowledge to prospective London cab drivers. During this podcast... I'm going to be joined by experts who are going to bring the forgotten and secret history of London to life. Today I'm joined by a friend who's a bit of a movie buff and he's going to take me to some of the places in London where famous movies have been shot. Hiya, my name is Jamie Cartwright, and if you're ever interested in the finest walking tours in London, join me and my fellow guides at London with a local. The tours are free, also known as pay-as-you-want tours. Check us out on our website, www.londonwithalocal.com. Jamie, good morning. Morning, Derek. How are you doing? I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. Now, I know you are a bit of a movie buff and a bit of a movie expert, um, and I'm a London taxi driver. So between the two of us, we should be able to come up with some of these film locations dotted in and around London. Oh, absolutely. I mean, well, London is like any big city, really, like a New York classic example. It's just like a big movie set. Right. But sometimes the scenes are not always obvious, are they? They change frontages around and things like that. Oh, absolutely. And I hope I'm going to throw you some curveballs here as well, that you don't realise certain places were certain things from certain movies. In researching this as well, I just completely blew my mind with certain things. Places I've been not realising what was once stood on that spot in terms of a movie set or that kind of thing. I just want to take certain franchises as red. So Harry Potter, yeah. So St Pancras Station, Millennium Bridge, James Bond. I mean, where do you even begin with yeah. James Bond? I mean, MI6, Parliament, Whitehall, Trafalgar Square. It's, it's too much to take in. I like to surprise people on my tours by pointing out a movie location that isn't as obvious. Right. Although that being said, Harry Potter and Bond also have a few of those. And I do throw those out there. You can always tell a Bond fan or a Harry Potter fan on the tours. Um, Australia House, down at the Aldwych slash Strand, was the location of Gringotts Bank in the Harry Potter movies. Um, and, Why? Uh, the inside of the structure. Is, I mean, it's beautiful outside, but on yeah. the inside, this absolutely stunning architecture. Okay, I've uh, never been inside. Beautiful uh, marble columns and oh, it's absolutely. So it stunning. resembles a bank. Uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, right. And it was also used as the interior for Selfridges in the Wonder Woman movie as well. So okay, it, interesting. Yeah, yeah. I like doubling up like that. It's rather yeah. nice, you know. Yeah. And also, if you go up the road to Whitehall. For any James Bond fans, 
where James Bond is stood on the roof at the end of the movie Skyfall overlooking Westminster, that's the Department of Energy and Climate Change on Whitehall. Oh, Whenever right, I tell building, yeah. Harry Potter fans about Gringotts or James Bond fans about that corner of the, yeah. the structure, it's when they lose their mind, you know. So those are kind of the, uh, let's say, the <laughs> the secret weapons, as right. it were, for some of the tour guides. But... Um, I mean, for example, as soon as you mention a movie franchise or even an actor within the vicinity, you know, it's over as a tour guide. Like a few months ago, I was signing people up for a Jack the Ripper tour up at Tower Hill and a tour guide friend came running over and said, Tom Cruise is over there. It was on the other side of Trinity Square. He was by the Four Seasons Hotel. Oh, they by were Tower filming, Hill, yeah. yeah. he was filming Mission Impossible, one of the latest movies. I lost half my group there and then. <laughs> well, Jamie, you or Tom Cruise? Well, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd like to think, you know, I'd like to think that it was sort of he'd win fifty-one percent of the vote, but at the same time, it took me ages to bring him back. It's like herding cats. It's like, guys, can I? Um, I'm really yeah. sorry to do this to you, to pull you away from Tom Cruise for the night, but so yeah, so, so whenever they're filming or anything like that, you, you kind so of so it's a taken that the sort of franchise films generally use sort of specific areas of London. Uh, yeah, I mean, Mission Impossible. Let's let's start with that one because I love the Mission Impossible movies. Okay, but when one thinks of Mission Impossible, we think of like technology way beyond modern standards, like communication devices used by those select few who have access to it. However, in the first Mission Impossible movie, bearing in mind that was 1996, it's not that long ago, really. Tom Cruise, aka Ethan Hunt, heads down the far staircase at Liverpool Street Station and puts a payphone to his ear. And for any younger listeners, yes, would you believe it, there were once phones that you had to stay in one place to use. And you couldn't send out pointless social media messages on them. I mean, we lived like cavemen, Derek. I mean, it was ridiculous, really. Um, If you head down into Liverpool Street Station now, you'll find cash machines in place of those phones. the phone boxes are gone. Yeah. Yeah. And just think, you know, with contactless payments over the next decade or so, who knows, those cash machines may become obsolete as well. Uh, Speaking of payphones, they love a payphone in Mission Impossible. If you go to Great Windmill Street in Soho, stand in between the notorious Windmill Table Dancing Club and the McDonald's on the corner of Shaftesbury Avenue... You've got, well, there used to be three red telephone boxes there, one of which Tom Cruise ran in to use in, I believe... They've left a few of them dotted around London, but unfortunately people tend to use them as public urinals and things like that. Yeah, that too, and mostly for photo opportunities as well. Yeah, Uh, that was used in Rogue Nation, I believe, one of the Mission Impossible movies. Oh, right. Yeah, if you then, if you carry on with a Mission Impossible sort of tour... You could just take a walk to Piccadilly around there, head up Regent Street and a little cheeky left onto the gorgeous little street, Air Street. Oh, I know Air Street. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's a dry cleaners there, and that was used as the record store where Ethan Hunt goes in and is told about his next mission when he goes into the old-fashioned record booth in that movie. Um, I went down there. I was actually on my way to work after going to see that movie and I thought let me just I don't know what's down there and it turns out oh yeah it's a little street that links Piccadilly with Regent Street lovely little turn so Jamie it obviously must be common then for them to sort of commandeer a building and completely change both the interior and the exterior oh absolutely yeah for example if you go to St Pancras Station and you can navigate yourself through the sea of Harry Potter fans you'll actually be walking through what doubled as some of the streets of Gotham City and the Gotham newspaper office in the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. 
Oh, Michael right. Keaton. So the interior. I suppose of St. if you take if you look at St Pancras Station, you could probably see why you know oh, it's got that sort of gothic look about oh, it. Oh, absolutely. And the thing is, if this is a long shot, but if you push yourself a bit further out of central London and let's say you're passing the old Acton Lane power station in northwest London. That was in Batman in 1989, the chemical factory where Jack Nicholson's character falls into the vat and becomes the Joker. And although not connected with Batman, in that same building, in the old abandoned power station, that was the alien egg chamber in the Ridley Scott movie Alien, you know, where John Hurt gets yeah, the, yeah. the face hugger, as it's known. Oh, so that took place in Acton. That was in there as well. Oh, so wow. I always thought it was like Shepperton Studios yeah, or something yeah. like that. Turns out it was the old power station. Oh, right. Okay, so moving on, what else have we got? As we mentioned Batman, we can stick with sort of the the DC universe, really. Um, head over to the Farmillo building in Clerkenwell, you know, the, the grade two listed beautiful structure. That was used as the interior for the Gotham Police headquarters. Okay, well, I can see of, why. Yeah, absolutely. In all three of Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, Um he also used other superb London buildings like Senate House in Bloomsbury. Yeah. That was the well, that's been used house. for quite a lot of things, Senate oh, it House. Pops up because, in yeah, it does. I've seen it in a lot. I saw it um, in a couple of sort of police films and things like that. Yeah. I mean, it's a university when, uh, building. Oh, yeah. And yeah. It's, a, it's such a stunning structure. I, I recently watched for the first time on uh, Netflix that BBC One show, The Bodyguard and Senate House. Yeah. pops up in that as well. And considering it's a five-minute walk, you know, I, I never get bored of seeing it. No, it's five no, minutes no, away interesting from the house, you know. Building. I mean, I, you, I hear rumours, and again, um, as we said many times, sometimes you don't know where these stories start, but apparently had the Germans have invaded London in the Second World War, that was one of the buildings that Hitler... Um, was planning to use as administrative offices. Oh, really? Well, he liked the look of the building, apparently. Oh, OK, and it has got a sort of a quite Germanic look to it from if you stand back across the street and look up at it. Oh. Very straight suppose, lines. Yeah, suppose, yeah. yeah, it's very straight lines. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Let's move <laughs> along. Um, Wonder Woman was filmed a fair bit in London as well. As I mentioned, in Australia House, they filmed the interior yeah. of Selfridges. But just around the corner from, from us in Bloomsbury Square, there's Victoria House. And that was the exterior of Selfridges, as it were. And it's brilliantly done because it was so accurate because as they come out, they turn left. And the next thing you know, they're walking down one of my favourite streets, Sicilian Avenue. Right. Which is a gorgeous little street, beautiful little shops. And it's got my favourite restaurant there, the Spaghetti House on the corner. It's yeah. absolutely lovely, that one. A not so popular one here. One of my heroes, Christopher Reeve. The only Superman, as far as I'm concerned. No disrespect to, to anyone else. But in 1987, he donned the cape for Superman 4, The Quest for Peace, which is not the greatest movie. However, if you head around the side of the Old Witch, you'll find the old abandoned tube station. Yeah, yeah. Strand Features station. a lot of films. Yeah, and the interior was the American subway station where a train driver collapses at the controls of a speeding train, and luckily Clark Kent was around to get into his tights and... Oh, right, so that was the old witch. Yeah. Okay, I've seen a few movies I've seen, yeah, so have I, yeah. Yeah, quite a lot of war films are featured there. And another great icon of London is Sherlock Holmes, and that was before the movies were even invented. Right. uh, Sherlock Holmes, everyone thinks Baker Street, but of course they can't film down there now because it doesn't look as Victorian as it could. They've got the Sherlock Holmes Museum down there now. 
So presumably, but, then, they've got to find places in London that haven't changed as much as others. And, I mean, Baker Street's all sort of modern glass buildings. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if you head over to... Although you've got the more modern Sherlock with Benedict Cumberbatch, so they can, you know, play around there a little. But their 221B Baker Street door is 187 North Gower Street, just off of the Euston Road. Oh, right, OK. Yeah, I know North Gower Street very you'll well. you see the exterior of it. Um, and uh, I'll just say to everyone, please don't knock on the door. It's actually somebody's house, okay. not Sherlock Holmes. And uh, you get the exterior shot in every episode, but beside it, there's a cafe called Speedy's in every episode, but the cafe's real. Right. So head on in there. I'd definitely recommend okay. heading on in there. Just don't knock on the door. Can I interrupt you slightly there? While we're on the subject then of, of, of doors, can we jump to Notting Hill? Oh, the blue door. The blue door in course, Notting Hill. yeah. Because... The amount of times I've picked people up in the taxi and they've said, could you take me to the door in Notting Hill? <laughs> and to my deep embarrassment, I can never actually find it. Oh, that's um, Westbourne Park Road in West right. London, 280 Westbourne Park Road. I hope the owners of the property don't mind me saying that. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, the owners of the property actually got so sick of people making a pilgrimage to the house that they painted the door black. Oh, right. To actually disguise it. It's gone back to blue now, but I couldn't blame them for... No, no, absolutely. Yeah, ...in the no. first place, you know. Although, sticking with comedy there, one of my all-time favourites is A Fish Called Wanda. They right. filmed a lot through London. Um, that lovely house that Michael Palin's character lives in is Aubrey House in Maid of Vale. Right. It's beautiful. The, the running joke of the old lady, Mrs Cody, whose number of pet dogs decreases through the movie, that was filmed outside... Uh, Onslow Gardens in South Kensington. Right. But one of the greatest scenes is where John Cleese's character Archie is interrupted in his affair with Jamie Lee Curtis's character uh, by her brother Otto, uh, played by Kevin Klein at his animated psychotic best. When Archie refuses to apologise, Otto dangles him out of the window by his feet. And that window is part of Concordia Wharf in uh, South London. You know, there's lovely old houses. Yeah. I say lovely old houses, lovely old buildings converted into, what, into yeah. lovely houses, yeah. But it's strange you say about uh, how they've made certain things look so different on yeah. the inside. But that's what confuses me when I'm out. I see the film and I think, I'll have a look at that. Yeah. And then you, you sort of question yourself, is that really where it was? Yeah, I mean, speaking of like Hugh Grant, going back to Hugh Grant there, Notting Hill is one iconic movie, but Four Weddings and a Funeral. I okay. mean, that's what made him, really. But they filmed a lot through London. They filmed a lot in Camden, etc. However, the final wedding, there are spoilers coming up, ladies and gents, sorry, but the final wedding, the doomed wedding of Hugh Grant's character at the end, uh, that was actually St. Bartholomew the Great in Smithfield, oh, which has church, appeared in church, so yeah. many movies. Um, that's appeared in The Other Berlin Girl, Shakespeare in Love, and I must say... Uh, one of my favourites, although it's so cheesy, Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves with Kevin Costner. The interior of the church doubled as the interior of Nottingham Castle oh, as well. Oh, OK, right. It's the Alan, Rickman, the Alan yeah, Rickman scenes. Yeah. And uh, just as an aside, uh, a little shout-out to an old family friend who's no longer with us. He was one of my dad's best pals, an actor called Walter Sparrow. He was in that movie. He played Duncan, Robin Hood's fateful blind servant in that film. Okay, he passed yeah. away in 2000. Just want to say, you know, big shout out. We, yeah, miss, yeah. We, we miss you, Wally. We love you. Well, let me, let me ask you something. Every time I come down Piccadilly, right. I get towards Piccadilly Circus and I want to howl. I keep thinking of <laughs> the that? American werewolf in London. Oh, you, well, you've hit upon one of my favourites there. I mean, that's... Well, firstly, Piccadilly, the, those scenes, one thing. 
But when I'm in Tottenham Court Road Station, I don't want to be on that platform on my own because then, you know, I just hear the growl, that lone businessman hearing down the tunnel. So I can assure you this is not a least bit amusing. I mean, that line has always yeah. stuck with me, that wonderful oh, So track. that was at Tottenham Court Road Station. It was sadly now redeveloped. Yeah, massively. I mean, it's, it's all still there. It's almost unrecognisable, yeah, really. Yeah, but, it is. But yeah, that, that tracking shot through the tunnels. and Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And uh, going up to the escalator, you know, fantastic shots. Yeah. But that's been used over and over again. So going back to Piccadilly then with this, in the same film, um, the building... I mean, it's changed its usage a couple of times since I've seen that film. Oh, the I cinema. Mean, yeah, it became... It, it, in the film, it's a cinema. Yeah. Um, it became a, a sort of a nightclub, yeah, from called, what I remember. Yeah, Werewolf. Fe- yeah. Yeah. Werewolves, that's right. Yeah. And then it became a... Well, it's now an Italian restaurant. It is indeed, yeah. That yeah. was a porn cinema. Oh, was it? So it when they made cinema. the film, it was a porn cinema. Yeah, because, I mean, the uh, at the time, it wasn't too tourist-centric down no. there. No, well, you're very close to Soho as well, yeah. weren't you? and Soho didn't restrict itself in the adult entertainment just to the streets of Soho. It kind of spilled out. All right. Onto the streets around, and the Eros Cinema, as it was known, was a porn cinema at the time. Oh, okay. And does Piccadilly feature in a lot of films? Oh, so, so many. In fact, it's thanks to one movie in 1966, uh, a Michael Winner movie, um, that stopped all filming in Piccadilly Circus for 15 years because they lost permission because of something he did. Um, He did a movie called The Jokers with Michael Crawford and Oliver Reed. And he set off an unannounced smoke bomb, which caused chaos with traffic in every direction. And from what I've read, he sped off in a taxi. So when the police arrived, 
other members of his crew got arrested (laughs) instead of him. (laughs) And it was thanks to that that no movies were allowed to shoot there. No one ever got permission. But luckily, John Landis, director of American Werewolf, was such a charming man. He somehow won them round again and now... Oh, and they got the permission back. Yeah, Yeah, because I used to see Michael Winner quite a lot driving through Kensington and he had an open-top Rolls-Royce. Oh, indeed. And he was always driving around London, usually down sort of Kensington High Street into Kensington Road and that. Oh, right, yeah, no, I love American Werewolf. As I say, it's funny, every time I approach the lights, I sort of glance over and never smile to myself. (laughs) So anyway, give me some other locations. Well, one place that always pops up in movies is Greenwich. Over and over Greenwich. Oh, yeah, of course. Like the old Royal Naval College. They use that in the Sherlock Holmes movies with Robert Downey Jr. Uh, They use that quite a lot. Uh, They also used it for Sense and Sensibility with Emma Thompson, Skyfall, the Pirates of the Caribbean movie called On Stranger Tides. They filmed a lot through there. The King's Speech, Patriot Games with Harrison Ford, and one of my favourites, The Bounty with Anthony Hopkins and Mel Gibson. They filmed a lot through there. Um, however, I would say recently the biggest one they've uh, they've had was the musical Les Miserables. Oh, right. Because they used a lot of the Royal Naval College area for the big funeral scene where they all sing, uh, Do You Hear the People Sing, the, yeah. the big number. Um, that's the Royal Naval College. Um, they've somehow made it look like revolutionary Paris. I mean, it's not difficult because a lot of great architects have copied and pasted. Yeah, yeah. well, it's quite a splendid looking place, whether you look at it from the river or whether you're actually on it, or even if you look at it from the other side of the river, it's it's quite... Oh, it's stunning. It's actually pleasing, yeah. I used to work on the river as a a guide down that end, and I couldn't wait to get down to Greenwich to show people there. I do want to mention um, one of my heroes who has divided opinion over the years, but the great Stanley Kubrick. I love and adore Kubrick's uh, work. Uh, a little bit hit and miss here or there. However, he used London quite a lot for oh, his did, most did famous right. work. Give me and some examples. This, this one blew my mind. I didn't know this. If you were to walk through the Isle of Dogs in East London, yeah. but in 1985 and So that's prior to the development. So, yes, yeah, so it was yeah. a wasteland at the time. But if yeah. you were to walk through in the mid-'80s, you would actually be walking through the mock-up of the Vietnamese city of Da Nang, which was in Full Metal Jacket. Oh, well, so he actually built the city there on what was wasteland. Yeah, that's what it was. And I didn't know that. I didn't know that at all. I've seen that film a few times. And the redevelopment didn't actually begin until the year after they moved the crew away. So in 1987, that's when the Yeah, became what it is now. If you head a bit further east of there... You go to the old Beckton Gasworks, yeah. which at the time was a bit of a wasteland since the building closure. But that patch of land became the ruins of uh, Hue City, Vietnam, as well. Another location for Kubrick's full metal jacket as well. I mean, oh, his, right. his eye for locations was stunning. And, and the perfect example is, um, uh, once again, a movie that has divided people, but Clockwork Orange. I mean, it's wonderful performances all round the bit brutal but yeah oh, yeah and then yeah. amazing direction but for me as i've got older i've realized that the locations are the real well i suppose yeah movie. i mean I, I i taught the knowledge to a guy who was actually a location manager oh really and um he said the work was erratic so he did the knowledge to so he had his taxi license whilst he was doing both jobs ah, I see. so it's interesting talking to him but going back to clockwork orange because that was sort of quite a brutal film and it needed brutalistic sort of architecture, didn't it? Oh, absolutely. And there's 
a lot of that around London. I mean, look at the National Theatre, and there are still some brutalist pieces in the city. But yeah, well, even there. the Brunswick Centre, not yeah. far from us, could, yeah, of course, could be yeah. classed. Yeah. And I'd say the greatest example of still in existence, the brutalist architecture, has to be down in Thamesmead. Oh, right, yeah. Um, which was a new development at the time. Um and when they started filming there in 1970... So Kubrick went to Thamesmead to yeah, film A Clockwork specifically Orange. for this. OK. Um, uh, because he... Uh, <laughs> and, and this is going to sound very harsh to anyone living in Thamesmead in those lovely, brutalist buildings, but Kubrick wanted somewhere that looked futuristic but also quite dystopian, like almost hostile. Yeah. And the word godless so came concrete up as well. Walkways, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, those walkways between the buildings, you know, those yeah. bridges, when I first went down there, it blew me away. It's yeah. actually fantastic work. How at the same time, I did get a great sense of um, almost claustrophobia. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's very unusual architecture, and I'm so glad that they, uh, they nipped that in the bud when yeah. they did. You know, I can't imagine London being completely... Yeah, no, no, absolutely, no. yeah. No, but they filmed a lot of that, especially there's that one scene where they're walking menacingly, Malcolm McDowell when he's, and his gang, and they're walking down the side So of, they've got their white the boiler water. suits yeah, on and the bowler yeah, hats and the, bowl and the canes. Um, that's Bincy Walk by Southmere Lake in, in Thamesmead. Um, right, it's not an area, I'll be honest with you, um, you don't get much work down there in the cab, and it's not an area I know that well, to be fair. No, I've only been down there a couple of times over the years. A yeah. friend of mine lived down I mean, there I know it's growing down there the Woolwich, because of the Woolwich Arsenal and the, the development, yeah. the Riverside development. So, mm -hmm. oh, right, it's interesting to know. Jamie, can I throw a couple at you? Just, Absolutely. Yeah, I'm going to give you one. Mona Lisa, oh, in yeah. the scene where he's in the lift protecting her, Yeah, and... Somebody attacks him or tries to attack him with a razor. Do yeah. you know where that was filmed? No, go on. Right, that's Trinity Court on Grays Inn Road. Oh, just round the corner from us? Absolutely. Was it really? Yes, it was. Oh, fantastic. So, just going back to the Bob Hoskins, so that was Mona Lisa. Now, the other film was The Long Good Friday. Perfect. Now, most of that was shot in Docklands. Yeah. Again before Docklands was redeveloped. Yeah, it's unrecognisable. Yeah, so when you, when I watched the film, and I watched it quite recently, you look and you try and work out where it was actually filmed yeah, because I mean, most of that now has, has gone and been rebuilt. Yeah, there's a certain part of St Catherine Docks that's, that's still it, there, like yeah. the little footbridge. Well, it's, it's where he drives the car over the bridge yeah. as well. That's still down there. That's in St Catherine's Dock, yeah. Yeah. Um, my favourite shot has to be, and it's purely iconic, um, Bob Hoskins looking out to the river. And Tower Bridge behind him. I mean, that's just London yeah. personified. Yeah, Bob, Hoskins, Bob Hoskins and Tower Bridge. I mean, yeah. define yeah. London. And his character was Harold, if I remember right, in the movie. And one of his businesses is his casino. And that's in Catherine Place, just off of Buckingham Palace. Um, you know, the church where, was it, Eric the chauffeur heads down the stairs and to his car for the final time. Spoilers, sorry about that. Um, that's St. George's Church. St George in the East, I believe. Oh, it's still in, there. on the highway. On the highway, yeah, and Cable oh, right, okay. Street in Cable uh, Shadwell. Street, yeah. Shadwell, yeah. And if you head down, and this is, so many movies have been filmed here, and this is almost tour guiding 101, I'm afraid. But if you go down to the Strand, you'll find the Savoy. I'm going to pull you up there. Go I got told off the other day for calling it the Strand. Oh yeah, did I say the Strand? You called it the Strand. Oh, sorry, it's actually Strand. Strand. Sorry, yeah. Strand. I apologise. I had never realised that in 30, 40 years of being in London, I've always called it the Strand, but I don't anymore. It's called. Well, it's Strand. in the song, isn't it? It's the musical song. Let's all go down the Strand. Strand yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> I apologise. 
Um, but yeah, the exterior of the Savoy is again no spoilers this time. I don't. I just can't do it. But it's one of the most memorable endings in British movie history outside the Savoy. So with Bob Hoskins just there. Once again, I can't spoil it. It's it's too good. But yeah, when you watch the movie, you'll never look at the Savoy the same way again. A few years ago, I was heartbroken because I heard that they were filming down there and I heard what the project was and I couldn't make it because I was working. It's where they were filming scenes for the John C. Riley and Steve Coogan movie, Stan and Ollie, where they played... Lauren yep. and Hardy, and they were filming outside the Savoy because that's where Lauren and Hardy stayed yeah, when they, they were came in London. To London. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and I, I just would have loved to have gone down there. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm a bit of a fanboy of Lauren and Hardy. Yeah. What about Trafalgar Square at the end of the Strand? Oh well, that's popped up everywhere in so many movies. American Werewolf. They're walking through all the pigeons. Yeah, there. it's where he's trying to get arrested so he can be locked away because he knows he's going to turn into a werewolf. Um, it's actually where, um, according to the legends, you know where. All the artists still draw in chalk on the pavement outside the National Gallery up on yep. Trafalgar Square. Apparently on a trip to London, Walt Disney saw these guys, made a mental note of it, and then years later making Mary Poppins, he thought of that and then got Dick Van Dyke character to, to do that. Oh, and they, right. And they okay. leap into the drawing. That's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, so it's a little connection with Trafalgar Square and Walt Disney there. Yeah. Yeah. And you've also got uh, the National Gallery on Trafalgar Square. That's In there they filmed one scene for Skyfall, that's where Bond and his new quartermaster are looking at the painting, which right. is a Turner painting with a, a, a long old title. They didn't; they were not one for for shaving things down back then. It's called "The Fighting Temeraire Being Tugged to His Last Birth to Be Broken Up." That's the name of the painting. Uh, I think I've seen the painting. Yeah. It's a ship. Yeah, it's a ship. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. one of the the ships that was yeah. sort of. On, you know, yeah. battered during the Battle of Trafalgar. But yeah, that's what they're looking at. And rather symbolically, I think that's what represented Bond in the movie because he was a battered old warship. Oh, right. As yeah, it were, yeah. I, I, me, and symbolism, yeah. me and symbolism, we don't really go hand in hand, but that one I got, yeah. you know. Are the films confined or the locations confined to central London? Uh, oh, no, well, we mentioned Greenwich, of course, which isn't central London. No, I mean, you can go further out. Once again, American Werewolf, you go over to South London to Clink Street. Right, like, yeah. By the Clink Prison. I mean, just around there is where they had the finale of the werewolf and the, uh, you know, again, spoiler, but uh, where he is cornered by the police awaiting the inevitable yeah. bullet. Yeah, because one of the things I always do, particularly if it's an old black and white film... I try and freeze it and look at the imagery mm -hmm. and compare it to what the London that I know of today. Some of it doesn't change much, but some of it's changed dramatically. Oh, absolutely. A couple of years ago, it broke my heart because I'm a big fan of the, the Cornetto trilogy, as it's known. You know, Simon Pegg, Nick Frost and Edgar Wright's movies like Shaun of the Dead. and Yeah. The famous pub, the Shaun of the Dead, the Winchester Tavern, they, they, hold, they, they are holed up in the pub to avoid being eaten by the hordes of zombies in the streets. And that was a real pub, but it was the Duke of Albany on Monson Road in New Cross okay. in South London. And unfortunately, I'm, I, I made the pilgrimage uh, and I'm going to tell everyone, don't bother, because it's, uh, it's now flats. Oh, uh, right. It's, it's still, the, yeah, it's still the building. It's still the building, but it's now flats. Yeah. And yeah, that broke my heart. I, I went home not a happy boy yeah. that day. Yeah. No, some places don't change. As I say, the river and obviously Big Ben and, and, and Trafalgar Square, when you see those in a 1930s black and white movie and you see them now, um, 
they haven't really changed that much. The buildings have been cleaned up, etc. But when you move east, for example, to Canary Wharf and the Docklands, they're unrecognisable. Oh, 100%, yeah, 100%. Yeah. But I... Oh. Have you got any gems to finish off with today? Yeah, the, the last thing I will mention, and it is by far the most important uh, piece of film footage ever taken in London. This is my opinion, of course, uh, but I hope everyone agrees. If you go to the centre of Trafalgar Square... Look to the building that sits between Whitehall and the Mall, and that structure is the Grade Two listed uh, Drummond's Bank, the the private banking company. Oh, I know by Admiralty Arch. There. Yeah, that's yeah. the one. Yeah, that was from the late eighteen seventies. It's a gorgeous structure, but in nineteen seventy, a tall man wearing a suit, bowler hat, and carrying a briefcase walked up to the edge of Whitehall towards that very building, and in this scene, albeit very brief. He was stretching out his ludicrously long legs <laughs> in an overly animated fashion. That's because that man was Monty Python's John Cleese. Ministry and of that Silly building Walks. was the Ministry of Silly, Silly Walks. Walks. Oh, what and a they great don't story get to end more with. important than that. <laughs> I've only just scratched the surface. Yeah, I mean, no. Uh, well, listen, as you said, London's so vast, there's been so many films yeah. made. But it was just an interesting I mean, talk, chat on the subject. I mean, lock, stock, snatch, train spotting. Um, yeah. The original Bedazzled with Peter Cook and Dudley Moore. Passport to Pimlico. Yeah. Uh, Atonement. The original version of The Lady Killers. It's just there's way yeah, too many endless. to fit into yeah. to half hour. Jamie, great stuff. Once again, thank you very much indeed. Cheers, mate. It's been a pleasure. This is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.